News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Welcome to Cooking the Books. I'm Francis Cook. Getting a foot on the property ladder is part of the Kiwi dream. Many regular people plan to increase their wealth by first buying their own home and then maybe a rental or two to invest in their future. But the residential rental market is flooded with people with exactly this same idea, and that's pushing prices out of reach for many people. There's another part of the market that doesn't get anywhere near the same attention and could work for some situations. Commercial property, as in shops, offices, maybe even some warehouses. When you zig while others are zagging, you can find more opportunities. But there are a few things to know first. Newstalk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Kaisen Chang from Baker Tilly Staples Rodway. Now, a lot of New Zealanders, I think, are really interested in property. It always seems to be the default, though, is residential property, somewhere where someone is living. Hmm. What do you think of the idea of people looking at commercial? Is that a possibility that's being missed here? I think commercial is a very real option. Um, And again, I think it comes back to just looking at the principles of the investment. So Mm. you treat commercial property investment as if it were any sort of investment, really. I think people tend to lean towards residential investment because they understand it better. Mm. Um, It's just more accessible. So when you're looking at funding, for example, Uh, The banks are more friendly when it comes to residential um, property lending. Um, The the numbers in terms of the values of the properties are probably a bit higher when it comes to commercial property. Um, So it's that accessibility thing that I think is a bit of a barrier to um, investors or Mm. your everyday investor. Right. So it can be a bit more expensive and can be a bit tricky on the finance front. Yeah. So why would we ever consider it then? What are the pros? So we were looking at a statistic this morning, actually, where we were looking at the NBR rich list. And of the top 20 NBR rich listers, um, 80% of them um, were property related. Mm. And if we were to go by, um, say, that my client base that I work with at the moment, which, uh, which include um, a high number of high net worth individuals and families, a vast majority of that would actually be in commercial property. Mm. Um, when when it comes to those sorts of investors, um, it's very you know the the percentage or their the portion of their portfolio that's spent in residential property is actually far outweighed by the commercial property aspect. That's really interesting. Okay, so if this is obviously this is a bit of a, a stretch goal for people who are maybe new to investing, this might be something that you're looking at into the future. So what counts as commercial property? What's under this um, this heading? So in, with commercial property, um, we tend to, in, New, in the New Zealand market, segment it into three um, groups. So um, office, um, retail, and um, industrial. Mm-hmm. Um, so retail includes you know, things from like big warehouses, um, where, you know, your Bunnings, your warehouse, all the way through to um, your corner restaurant, um, those sorts of properties. So the office space obviously includes... Um, office space and then industrial includes your factories and um, warehousing um, those sorts of properties so what do people need to know when they are weighing these things up when they're looking at a commercial 
property and they're thinking, okay, this is a great wealth builder. This is a, a real possible opportunity for me. Where do you start with doing your homework on this sort of investment? Yeah, good question. So it's very much the approach that I that um, I would recommend is to treat it as any sort of investment, really. So doing your homework is really important. Um, so I guess anything that would help upskill your knowledge in the commercial property sector. So that includes things like um, talking to your local agents, um, talking to your um, local business advisors, so people involved in the property market. Um, you might have some friends or friends of friends that would be good mentors that already invest in that space that you can learn off. Um, often there's a lot of really good um, knowledge that you can access at your local banks even. Um, and so there are various, um, I guess, bodies or organizations that are involved in the commercial property space, and they hold um, really informative events as well. So one of them um, that I'm involved with is the Property Council, for example, mm. and they often hold um, really good events that you can go along to that are quite informative. Yeah, and what sort of factors can go into making a successful uh, commercial property investment? Because I think you, you have to, A, know the lay of the land, but you also have to know a few criteria to assess it on, right? Yeah, so I mean... I guess it, it, it comes, you know, it's what I'm going to say is probably nothing um, out of the ordinary, really. It, it's, it comes back to, you know, if you think about what a property requires or a good property investment requires, um, it comes back to a good tenant, mm. so um, a good location and um, good future development in that, that property area. So, again, location. What makes a good location? Um, it it comes back again to, I guess, the type of property involved, whether it's office, retail, or industrial. Um, so, for example, if it's a if it's a retail space or um, property, you're looking at things like: will it get enough foot traffic? Mm. Is there easy access for customers to come and park? For example, um, is it close to office space that would um, provide patronage to the to the property? Mm. Um, so those sorts of factors, um, again, you know, things you would typically expect if you're a property owner um, and you're wanting to attract businesses to, to rent or lease the property, mm. um, what they'd be looking for. Mm. And what about in things like we often talk about, talk about return on investment, Yeah. Um, which I think can confuse people sometimes. How does it work? For, well, I guess property generally, but particularly commercial. Yeah, again, so I, I wouldn't treat it any differently from any sort of investment that you're wanting to include in your portfolio. Mm. Um, it all comes back to that risk versus reward um, dynamic. So, and obviously your risk appetite um, as an investor. So, you, you know, when it comes to any sort of investment other than putting your money in a bank, you're wanting to make a return in excess of that. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at commercial properties and whether um, you know there are better investments than sticking your money in the bank, obviously you're wanting a return greater than that. Mm. Um, how much more um, comes back to, again, um, the risk that you're going to be taking on uh, with that property. Mm. But if it's, a, if it's a blue chip property that's 
got uh, a tenant lined up um, who's expecting to sign on for a 10-year lease um, and it's good development around the area um, with you know which would result result in um, the property value going up over that time um, obviously the yield on that or the return on that is going to be lower than say a small shop in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, when it comes to, because we often talk about with investments, there's always the idea of the, the capital growth, which is, right. you know, is it going to increase in value? Can you sell it for more? But of course, that requires you to sell it and sell it at a good time, which is a little bit of a crystal ball gazing act um, versus there's the, the idea of the income, which you get while you have it. Um, and all investments are a mix, but I think particularly property is a mix where you're always aiming for that right balance. Do you think commercial property leans any particular way? You know, to be honest, in talking to a lot of my clients, it's, it's as much of an art form as it is a science. So I think a lot of it is around feel for the market. And if you talk to many of them, um, I think a lot of them will say, hey, look, a lot of the time it just comes down to luck and getting the timing right. Mm. Um, and, but usually that sort of comes with years of experience, um, doing their homework, um, and making sure they're on top of their investments. So Wasn't it the old saying, the more prepared I am, the luckier I get? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, There's always, always luck involved. Yeah. Um, but I do think you can prepare to make the most of luck when right. it happens. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you're thinking, you know, it's one thing to have capital growth, but I think for a lot of people, if it's their first commercial property um, or they're hoping to get in towards their, their first commercial property in a few years even, to get through that first initial one, you have to have that income, right? What's a, a reasonable income or return on investment? What sort of, are we talking percentages? Uh, so again, it'll come back to what I was getting at before around, um, you know, the type of property involved. If it's, mm. if it's a pretty straightforward property, um, low risk, um, easy, easily tenanted, all those sorts of considerations, you'll find the return um, on that to be a lot lower. Um, what does that mean? So often it's based on the return you get at, you know, if you were to put your money in the bank. So at the moment you'd be, you know, getting maybe two and a half percent on term deposits at the moment mm -hmm. of, over two, three year period. So for um, I guess a blue chip um, property, um, if you're wanting to look at returns, you you know you'd want something a couple of percent more than that. So, so five or six percent. Yeah, I'd say around five percent. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Uh, and when we work that out, that's in terms of the money you put in versus what you can expect back in rent, right? Like how do you work out that So often when, when people talk about commercial property and the rate of return, um, they're, they're basing it on the value of the property versus the operating income mm -hmm. on that property. Is that yearly? That's, yeah, yeah, annualized, yeah. 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 So and um, so the, the terminology that they use is, is a capitalization rate. Mm. Or so if you're dealing with agents, for example, that always go on about cap rates. Um, yeah, and it, and it, yeah, I guess over the last so a good cap rate over at the moment for a blue chip property uh, would be well, you'd be doing really well if you got five percent, mm. um, but probably more around four and a half to five. Yeah. 
mm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, an interesting one because, like you say, it's always that risk and return relationship. Just everything comes back to that. And the problem is if you find a property that you think this is a winner, this is mm-hmm. always going to be tenanted, this is going to be great, it's right in the middle of town, then everyone else thinks that too and you're going to pay more for it. And when you right. pay more for it, that just means it's it's going to reduce your percentage that you get back because you're going to pay more, you're still going to get the same amount of rent or whatever. Correct. Um, versus if you find a terrible little shoebox somewhere but you think, I have the idea yeah. to do this up, you may or may not be wrong. Um, but if you're right, then you can invest for less, charge quite a bit when you've got it sorted. Um but it's a risk. The risk is that you're wrong and you've misread it. Yeah. It, you just have to do those sums, right? Correct. And I mean, that's. I don't think it's any different from if you were to look at a residential property. Mm. Um, if you were, you know, the ideal is to get the, the worst house on the best street. Yes. It's the same, same principles when it comes to commercial property as well. Mm. Um, and you have the same risk if you choose a residential property that's not in a good area. Um. And usually it's those those area, less desirable areas that tend to fall away first when it comes to a downturn. So mm. um, the, the same principles apply to commercial property. Um, yeah, so again, it comes back to doing your homework, uh, making sure you get those sums right, mm. um, and knowing the areas you invest in and, um, yeah, everything related to that. Yeah, it's... And again, on the risk front, um, Westpac recently put out a report talking about where they see the economy going. And they specifically said there could be a bit of a a few clouds on the horizon for commercial property because they think there could be an economic downturn coming. Of course, if that happens, some shops will close. Really unfortunate fact of life. That also hits the landlords because they now have an empty shop front. They're still paying their mortgage, probably, um, and they're not getting any rent. What do you think of that possibility? I mean, that is a very real possibility. Um, and, you know, we've seen that situation happen previously in, in previous downturns. Again, it comes back to viewing commercial property as any sort of investment where these risks are going to happen. And all you can do is really mitigate your risks and try and minimize any impact that, you know, will happen to you. So doing things like making sure you're conservative in your investment and making sure you're not stretched in terms of um, having too much debt. Mm. Um, again, making sure that, hey, if, if, if you, know, you know, you hold on to stock that's in good areas or properties that are in good areas and maybe you need to minimize properties or, or get rid of properties that are in bad areas, um, yeah, it all comes back to risk mitigation, really. So... In every downturn, as much as there's there's negatives, you also find um, people who um, you know see opportunity during that time, and so often there'll be good buys as well. Um, so if we were, um, for example, to refer again back to my client base, um, I've got quite a few clients still looking at properties, mm. um, still looking to expand their base, um, and you know these these guys have been through a couple of cycles now. They understand what the risks are during a downturn and how to prepare themselves for it. Mm, so maybe a good time to reassess things, focus on quality, um, or at least a mm. buy that you think can be quality, um, and maybe paying off some debt while the interest rates are really low, 
can be a good time to solidify things maybe. Exactly. It still needs to be affordable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, you know, you don't want to be overstretching yourself. Mm. Um, actually, one of the, when we're get, talking about accessibility to commercial property at the very beginning, um, apart from obviously investing yourself, the other mechanisms to getting, I guess, exposure to that um, commercial property market. So you can do things like, um, for example, myself, I'm involved with a group of friends and we formed a syndicate um, for commercial property investment. Um, we, you can, there are listed um, property funds that um, invest in pro uh, commercial property specifically mm -hmm. um, that you can buy shares in so that you still get some of that exposure to those properties or that market rather. Um, so there are other options as well if you're thinking, hey, um, I don't want to take on too much debt and be too exposed in one specific area. It comes back to, in a downturn, having that diversified portfolio, I guess, and yeah. Interesting that you um, teamed up with friends there. Um, Got to vet them carefully? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, it's always a tricky situation. Mm. Um, you want to make sure if you're going into a situation like that, that um, I don't know, si similar to how you, you know, if you were to start a company, for example, you have some sort of shareholders agreement mm. in place. Get things on paper. Get things on paper well, while things future. are good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that um, if things, worst case scenario, end up not turning out how you expected them to, um, it's all laid out. Yeah. And easy to follow. Fascinating stuff. Thank you so much. That's no Kaizen Chang from Baker Tilly Staples Broadway. Now, you might have a question about money, property, anything in that realm. If you do, get in touch with me. Let's get your question answered. You can find me on Facebook, Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter, Francis Cook, Instagram, Francis Cook NZ. You can also subscribe to Cooking the Books. We are pretty much everywhere, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB. From the host of Cooking the Books podcast, Tales from a Financial Hot Mess by Francis Cook, the realist guide to money and how to have more of it. In the book, Frances goes through how she changed her financial mindset from wasteful spending and living payday to payday to managing savings and the journey into investing. Combining the knowledge from her experience and over 150 podcast episodes, Frances Cook's new book makes money work for you and shows you how saving is fun. Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, the realist guide to money and how to have more of it by Frances Cook. Find it in all good book retailers.